there's four pillars of what you need to be able to accomplish on LinkedIn. And in all honesty, they really haven't changed over a long period of time. However, how you implement each of the four is is a is the constantly moving target. You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years and helped hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Welcome to Small Business Talk. Today, we have Adam Houlihan, and we're going to be talking all things LinkedIn. So our topic today is how to win in 2023 on LinkedIn. Welcome, Adam. Thanks, Kathy. It's wonderful to be, be here with you. So would you like to tell the audience who you are and why you're here? Sure. So as Kathy mentioned, my name is Adam Houlihan, and I'm the founder of Prominence Global. Uh, Prominence Global is a, uh, one of the true, truly global LinkedIn agencies. We, we get to work with wonderful people all over the world. But all we do is help them to uh, really stand out on LinkedIn. So we're very specialised around the LinkedIn platform and very specialised around like, personal branding and uh, using that personal brand to do uh, very ethical lead generation. Fantastic. And as we know, in the world of marketing, things have changed so much in the last even six months, 12 months. So thinking about how to win with LinkedIn in 2023, what would be your hot tips for the audience? Well, Cathy, essentially there's there's four pillars of what you need to be able to accomplish on LinkedIn. And in all honesty, they really haven't changed over a long period of time. However, how you implement each of the four is is a is the constantly moving target. And in all honesty, they really haven't changed over a long period of time. However, how you implement each of the four is is a is the constantly moving target. And as you mentioned, like uh, you know, timeframes, you know, how quickly things change. If we were having this conversation six six eight months ago, it would be very different to to what we're going to talk about today. Clearly, because ChatGPT just didn't exist, and uh, mm-hmm. it's you know essentially changed. Well, not only LinkedIn, of course, but uh, it's certainly changed you know, how we go about things on LinkedIn. So, so really, yeah, it comes down to these these four particular uh, pillars, as we like to call them. Mm-hmm. And as it's like a headline of those, that it comes down to like how you optimize your profile. That's pillar one. Uh, pillar two is who and how you connect with people on LinkedIn. That's changed a lot. Uh, of course, three is your content strategy, which is clearly where the uh, you know the advent of of ChatGPT has made big changes around that. And the fourth one is is your conversion strategies. How how do you actually turn all this time and energy and effort into uh, new clients? So so that's that's really the the uh, the roadmap, I suppose, of of uh, how you go about it. Absolutely, and if we can start from the back going forward. A lot of people spend a lot of time on LinkedIn in particular and socials in general. And how do they make sure that that's just not vanity metrics and they're not just wasting their time and getting that nice pat on the back, oh, somebody saw me, all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, you know, 
how that is done on LinkedIn is, is very different to to many other platforms. Uh, you know, what we've got the new one coming out now, uh, Threads, uh, which you know somewhat is um, you know a competitor to to Twitter, I suppose. Uh, how you know how you would do something on on say Threads or Twitter, very different to how we do it on on LinkedIn. But in in, in essence, Kathy, the 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 key part of it, and where most people get this wrong, is that they 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 think that LinkedIn is the platform to do the conversion, meaning that's the, where people are going to take that next step and and uh, buy your product or service or consulting fees, you know, program or what, whatever it might be. Uh, now there is a place for that, where, you know, which is the paid ad platform. You can certainly you know do that off the paid ad platform, like everything any other tool um but uh especially on linkedin the paid ads are, are very expensive uh they do work uh if like anything you've got to know how to, to put them together but what we're talking about today is how you can do all this organically uh and ethically <laughs> i always always throw that word in there absolutely there's a lot of stuff that happens on linkedin or any other platform for that matter that uh, we wouldn't call ethic so yes, so very much what we're talking about here is is the organic way of doing this, uh, and and so much you know around the the ethical way, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, what what we're not trying to what we're not trying to do is is sort of like the old uh, marketing tactics like the bait and switch type uh, things uh, where you're talking about one thing but it's just really just a, you know to get someone hooked in and then you know take them off in a completely different direction. You've got to keep in mind that, you know, your audience on LinkedIn, just by their demographics, uh, tend to be a, a little more savvy uh, at, at the, about these type of things. They're, in a lot of cases, they're, they're either business owners or they're, you know, in roles within organisations where they really know their stuff. So the uh, uh, I'm not saying everyone, of course, there's like 950 million people on LinkedIn. There's, you know, there's certainly an element of, of them that will not fit that criteria. But in, in percentages compared to other platforms, uh, you're going to be talking to a, a somewhat more uh, worldly savvy uh, uh, individual when you when you do get into those conversations and so to be, to be to be quite frank about you know what's what's involved it's actually not about trying to do that conversion on linkedin it's about using the platform through those other three pillars to position ourselves as as you know people of authority in in our space to show that we know what we're talking about that we you know we really have the goods we we know what the uh the pain points are that that our our uh, audience experiences and that we have the we have the solutions to those to those problems and then moving that conversation off the platform so the first part of conversion on LinkedIn is not the sale. Uh, it's it's the next. It's just the next step of um, you know making sure that to start with the 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 people you're in conversations with know who you are. Uh, they like what you're about, uh, and and they've consumed you know a reasonable amount of content from you. Uh, now again, you know everybody's got different levels of price point of, of products and services. We get the privilege of working with people with uh, stuff as you know low as you know hundreds of dollars, and st products as high you know in the millions of dollars. 
Uh, and of course, to some degree, that process is a little different as as you go up that process uh, up that um, tier in pricing. However, the fundamentals all, are all the same. You've got to have trust before anyone's going to talk to you, and so that's that's the first thing is through those other three pillars is is deliver uh, the ability for people to trust you. Uh, as I said, it's it's the old uh, marketing no like trust. It's it's kind of all the same. And then getting them to willingly want to, you know, take that next step with you. And so, as an example, Kathy, it might be that um, you're running some sort of an event. It's a, it could be a live event. It could be a, a webinar. Uh, it could be a, a, a short a, um, lunch and learn. Is is one of the, the terms we use for a, sh- a small group of people. And your strategy, conversion strategy on LinkedIn is just to get people to say, yes, I'd like to attend one of those things. Uh, it could be a one-to-one consult, but whatever it is, it, the, the conversion is not going to happen on LinkedIn. I'm sure you've, you've experienced plenty of times. People send you like a, a direct message just saying, basically, in many different versions of, please buy this today. Uh, and I'm sure uh, you know you've ignored 99.9% of of those those absolutely, re- and especially <clears throat> when they're very long winded. So you've just connected with somebody, and suddenly I call it verbal vomiting. They vomit into your DMs, and you go, "No way! You didn't yeah. even find out who I was." No, and often just by automation, they, you know, they're just yes. you know, using an automation tool that as soon as you accept that connection request, it just fires off a pre-formatted, um, you know, response like that. Very long-winded. They're forgetting that, you know, we're all kind of reading this, this stuff on, on our phones. Yeah. On our phones. And so that message looks even even longer than, than you, you first thought when you wrote it. So, so yes, it's really about just getting people to take that next step because they go, hmm, okay, I know who Kathy is. I'm happy to come to her webinar or I'm happy to come to that live event she's running or I'm happy to, you know, book in and just have a chat and see, see, you know, if, if there's, if there's a fit. So that's, that's the conversion part of the process is not the sale. It's getting people to take that, that next step. That kind of alludes to the fact that the higher the dollar value of your product or service, the better this process actually works, believe it or not. So, uh, yeah, often you have conversations with people who have this real fear because they say, oh, working, you know, working with me is, you know, $50,000. I say, great. It makes it, that makes it even easier. Well, how could that be easy? It's because as long as you build the lo- right level of trust and and add enough value, the right and you you're speaking to the right type of people, then and you're not trying to close it on you know, on LinkedIn. Uh, and I'm going to make the assumption that if you're in front of the right type of person who has that problem, they trust you and are you know, in the market for your product or service, you, your conversion rate is probably pretty good. Yeah, oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's, that's what they say. And so when we get them into those conversations, then, uh, you know, the, uh, the higher, the, you know, higher the, the dollar value, the better. Fantastic. So we're, we're looking at not trying to convert on platforms and we shouldn't be trying to convert on any platform really, but particularly LinkedIn because of the people we're talking to. We're looking at putting out great content that really hits the pain points of our audience and positions us as an expert, not just somebody that's regurgitating everybody else's information. We're putting our 
own IP out there and our own um, thoughts and opinions and that sort of thing. So you did sort of mention at the beginning about how we're connecting to people differently now and you've alluded to that fact with um, these higher ticket people. So do you want to tell us a bit more about how we should be connecting with people? Sure. So, you know, again, the the old days of LinkedIn, which was, you know, probably a couple, two years ago, uh, you used to be able to send as many connect almost as, as many as you wanted uh, it was almost unlimited uh, and by this i mean like you know a thousand a month you could you know, send a thousand connection requests with people per month uh, where that really kind of started to change was around the end of the the pandemic era uh, obviously you know a lot of things went crazy over that that period a lot of people got onto platforms like LinkedIn out of necessity. They still really didn't know how things should be done. Uh, you know what was what was the sort of uh, ethical, I suppose, is one way of putting it. But also, you know, what is etiquette? And uh, for, I believe it's a good thing that these days you cannot connect with that many people. Uh, in fact, the the maximum you can you can outbound send connection requests to people is a hundred per week and if you're doing that believe it or not if you're doing that really really well you're probably going to get an acceptance rate of around about 30 percent so okay. 30 30 in every hundred that yep. you send will will accept your connection requests uh what uh you know what's the uh what helps you get that to the higher end of that 30 or even you know yes you know i, I do know people who get higher rates than that but I'm talking about over many, many uh, industries and locations and uh, things like that. The average is 30%. Mm -hmm. So what, is it, what does it take to do that? Uh, it takes, just like you said, um, not uh, not coming across as super salesy. And again, I can back it in that you've got a connection request from people who literally put a pitch in in the in the connection request. They said, you know, something like, uh, uh, I I own. XYZ company and we have this solution that uh, you know is, is going to rock your world uh, can we connect so I can chat to you about it that, nope. that type of profile you know that clearly that that's never going to you know, pass the the muster at all so so guys you definitely don't don't be putting a pitch in your in your connection no uh, you know Put something there that uh, that shows there's alignment. There's a reason. Yeah, you know, people want to know. You know, it's just. Uh, and I, again, I, I I see all these um these um, comparisons where people say I actually get a better acceptance rate if I don't put uh, a message at all. It's like because well, you can just send a connection request without you know putting a yes. reason why. And I'm again, I can 100% guarantee you've got those. Uh, and I guarantee that the percentage of those that you've accepted is probably very, very low compared to the ones where they gave a reason for connecting and you were able to go and have a look at their profile and, and make it your, your own decision as to whether or not you uh, wanted to connect with them. Yep. So I think with the um, mobiles, when you're connecting on the mobile, you need to be careful that you do actually go and personalise it first because if you just hit connect on the mobile, it doesn't give you the option to personalise as it does on a PC. So sometimes the, the percentage of those should be a lot lower because people actually intended to put a, a message. But um, just with the, the technology, sometimes you need to be careful. So, guys, when you are doing a LinkedIn request, remember on the mobile, 
go and check their personalization first. Yeah, yeah, very good point. And it's not kind of intuitive where, like no. you said, on the desktop, it's you know, it's it's right there for you to do. You've got to go to a separate section and and yes. uh, craft your message. So it's a it's a little painful. But so yeah, it's it's, it's about uh, you know, uh, and it kind of leads back to you know, the first part around your profile. So these days, you know, and and you you mentioned the word before vanity metrics. Uh, the days, and again, old old schools are now. You probably remember back. I know you've been on LinkedIn um, you know, a few a few years. That you used to see people in their profile would boast about how many connections they had. Like they say, "Oh, my name's Kathy, and I've got eighteen thousand connections." And it was like, "Well, who cares?" <laughs> you know, yeah. The fact that you're putting that there, you're telling people on scale that all you care about is that if I connect with you, I'm just another number to you. Yes. But fortunately, I mean, I'm not saying nobody does that anymore. I still see it occasionally, but less, you know, less of that is happening these days because people are working out that you know people aren't going to resonate with that. No. So the but the what does resonate is that your profile kind of gives a good out, outline of who you are. It looks professional. It, it you know covers a lot of other bases because most people these days will go and check, you know, just because you send them a connection request, the days of just accepting them because, you know, you got sent is now very, very low. People are going to check out your profile. And, again, you know, part of that reasoning is is around the amount of fraud and things that, that happens online. Yes. Uh, it's just, people are just more, you know, understandably, more cautious about everything these days. Absolutely. So they will go and look at your profile. Uh, hence why you know if you if you don't put any form of connection request message then it's like well this is just a bit random and more often not they'll hit the delete button yes absolutely and i guess it's something that we really need to mention about profiles is making sure that you have photos making sure that you have a photo of yourself and then a background photo you still see a lot of profiles that don't have that background even if it's just a pretty scenery, just have something there. Yeah, again, you're right. You know, just LinkedIn will put like a generic banner there if you don't have something, obviously, but that's just telling the world that uh, you don't really care that much about your, your presence on, on the platform. Uh, it's not that hard these days to, you know, go on uh, services like Canva and just put in, type in, I want to create a LinkedIn banner image. It'll format it to the right dimensions and everything for you and even give you suggestions. Uh, it's not that hard to do these days. Perfect. So I guess that leads into content. So obviously we're wanting to put our best foot forward. We're wanting to show people that we are an expert in our particular field. So what type of content do you think is going to be best for most people on LinkedIn? Yeah, it's a great question, and we, we could spend the next hour just on that, <laughs> that topic alone, Kathy. but we're not going to. So I'm going to give you the 80-20, 80-20 rule. Perfect. 20% <laughs> of stuff that will get you 80% of the outcome. Nice. So the first thing is variety. Uh, now, algorithmically, there's one thing uh, to put out good content is great, but if nobody sees it, then it's kind of a waste. Uh, so LinkedIn's algorithms uh, favour content creators that put a bit of variety. So what do I mean by that is short form videos, you know, one minute to maximum of 90 seconds. Don't make your videos any longer than that. Uh, status posts, which is just your standard written format, uh, polls, 
uh, document posts, which is where you can attach, say, some sort of a, a PDF download. Um, the newsletters, long-form newsletter content, very, very good. Uh, so a bit of a right, like, don't just, uh, and again, a classic example I see is um, uh, people say, as an example, I'll give you a specific example of a, a client of ours when they first come to us. They're a video production. That's what they do. They, they do video production. And they said, all of our, all of our content's got to be video based. And I said, well, why? And they said, well, because we're a video production company. And I said, great. So, uh, do you care whether people see your content or not? Oh, yeah. We, but we know that they'll, they'll love video. And I said, yeah, but the algorithms won't. So you've got to have a bit of a variety. So the first thing is variety. Uh, the second thing is, um, is, 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 is it's about the way you're putting your content together and what we call it is uh, know-how with know-how. And what that means is that you've got to show that you know how to fix and solve a particular problem and what that problem is without actually showing how to fix and solve that problem. Yes. Uh, because, of course, if you do that, yes, you'll get more interaction, you'll get more engagement on your content. Why wouldn't you? You're solving people's problems for free. So you, there's this fine line between... Uh, you know, going too far and and giving the solutions. And I, and I know, look, there's there's this concept in marketing you would know it very very well. Uh, that yeah, so they people say give away all your best stuff for free. Uh, and to some degree, I agree with that, except for the 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 how you do it. Yes. It's what you do uh, you give away for free, but how how that's done? Well, yeah, we've got to have a conversation about that. I've got to tailor that specifically to your need. So yeah, let's let's that's how you move people off the platform into you know, you're educating them uh, that you know there is a problem. You're educating them that there is a solution. You're finding the people that have that problem and need that solution, and that leads to your conversion strategy. So overall, the framework of your content is know how with know how, uh, a variety of of different types of content, and you've got to create content that the algorithms like. So what do I mean by that? Uh, let's, it's easier to say what they don't like. So as an example, uh, when we first post our content, uh, a bot's going to come along. It's not a real human. And it's looking for reasons to suppress your content, meaning that they're not going to stop you from, from uploading it. They're just going to make sure nobody sees it if it falls into one of these, you know, one of these reasons. The first of those is if you put a link that takes people off the platform. Yes. So straight away, the bot's going to come along. It's not going to go and look at what it is. It's not going to check out whether it's safe. You could link to LinkedIn's own blog and you, you could be saying, hey, this is the greatest article I've ever seen written. You should go and have a look at this. The bot's still going to treat it the same. Uh, the only links that are exempt are if they are already on LinkedIn. So it might be a link to, say, a LinkedIn event or, uh, you know, it might be um, someone else's profile or a company page or something like that where the, the, they know you're not taking them off the platform, you're just taking them to some other area. That's okay. So no links, uh, no profanity. Uh, the bots know how to swear. Uh, I'm sure most of us wouldn't fall foul of that one, but it, it, it exists. And the other one, believe it or not, is any sort of um, topics that are are really inflammable. As far as you know, you could you could basically have an opinion, and fifty percent of the audience would be for, and fifty percent against. Uh, a classic example of that is political content. 
Yeah. Uh, that's why you probably don't see a lot of political content on LinkedIn is because that's what happens. It gets Yeah, they don't show you. <laughs> it just gets suppressed out because, you know, uh, well, we all see our politicians, you know, post content, uh, which is fine. And you you can see, you go on uh, <laughs> Anthony Albanese, Australian Prime Minister, go and have a look at his profile and you'll see half the people in there are for what he's saying and half the people are, you know, having getting stuck into him about something completely irrelevant. <clears throat> so, yeah, any, so, any sort of political or religious type uh, content is not going to uh, to get a, a lot of good traction. And it's really not the type of content that you'd be using, you know, to educate and move people into no. a next step anyway. No. So, so that, that's, that's kind of a, you know, a, a bit of a guideline. The other thing is keep it short. Uh, apart from newsletters, which is long-form content, a status post, is, everything on LinkedIn works in character counts, not word counts. Mm-hmm. It's 3,000 characters of copy that you can you can use. I highly recommend you go nowhere near using no. all that. <laughs> the sweet spot, in my view, is is twelve to 1,500 characters. Mm-hmm. What's that in word? You know, if you were to convert that to words, it depends on how big the words are you use, but roughly 200, 220 words yep. as a guideline. That That's about where it sits. And the the key thing, Kathy, always is that you should always end your content by uh, giving a call to action. What is it you want people to do next? Yeah. Uh, you know, that could be as simple as asking a question. You know, what's your point of view on this? Uh, you know, have you ever experienced something similar? Um, you know, what would you do if if this happened to you? Or you know, whatever that is, because what the algorithms love is content that keeps people on the platform keeps them on a, a particular subject uh, and where there's a, you know, back and forward sort of dialogue in, in there. So, uh, so yeah, always kind of answer it with a, uh, a call to action of some degree, uh, which, of course, that call to action should rarely, rarely be, um, you know, visit my website or, you know, telling people to go off the, off the platform, especially not linking, you know, to do that. Of course, there's always workarounds to that stuff, Kathy. You, you know, if you really have to put a link, you put it in the comments. Uh, you know, but uh, a big mistake I see on that one too is people say, "See link in first comment below." Just because you may be the first person to put the comment there, what you'll find, and when you if you have a look at any content, it's been filtered by LinkedIn based on what they deem as relevant yes. instead of when it was posted. Now, yes, people could go and click on that and change it to put it back in the original order, but nobody really ever no. does. So you don't put C link in first comments. You'd say something like, if this is of interest to you, let me know. Uh, and then, you know, someone says, hey, yes, I'd be, hey, Kathy, I'd, I'd love to get that free PDF of yours or, or whatever it is. And then you share it directly to them on their, on their comment. So, uh, yeah, often people say, oh, but then, you know, I've, I'm only limited to the people who actually, you know, ask for it. Well, guess what? The only people who are interested are the ones who ask for it. So, (laughs) Absolutely. So you wouldn't just put it straight into the comments. You would wait for somebody to ask. It's a bit, yeah, because you can't, you can't, obviously, as far as relevance goes, they're not going to show it at all. So if some, they'd have to, people would have to literally go and change from relevant to to recent look all the way to find it, uh, it could be then buried under hopefully 50 comments from other people. Perfect. Uh, so, yeah, you, you're better off to to sort of 
yeah, give that call to action to say, hey, if you're interested in this, let me know and I'll share it with you and then share it with the, the people who have interest. Fantastic. Of course, there's also the what we call the uh, the lurkers on LinkedIn. Yes, all platforms. People, yeah, and funnily enough, there's more of them by a long shot than the ones who interact and engage. Again, the higher you go up that you know level of, of price point, the less likely that those people are going to actually you know, interact on your content, which does not mean to say they're not watching and seeing your content. Yes. Uh, and, look, those type of people are savvy enough. They'll see that you shared the link with multiple people. They won't ask for it. They'll just go and click on it. I know, yeah, or they'll private message you if they're interested exactly. enough so that they're not seen. The thing I find really interesting about the LinkedIn content is when you're doing that variety, how well just your status post with no images, no videos do. You, you would think that that'd be mainly counterintuitive, but yeah. putting on only text posts, if you're doing that variety, can really add to the variety and make it work really well. And it's easier to do because you don't have to find the images. But uh, And look, stock images, uh, generally speaking, you know, stuff that you might you know, get off um, Adobe or, or whatever again, yeah, because they've probably been shared so many times. Yes. Um, yeah, you're right. It's uh, we as a general rule, we always recommend post about three times a week, and that's more than enough uh, when you're talking about thought leadership level content. Uh, I know there's our old mate Gary B that says post 18 times a day and and whatever, and on other platforms, yeah, go for it. But uh, you know, on LinkedIn, no, three times a week is is more than enough. Uh, so it's high value content, uh, and as a general rule, say over a calendar month, we would work on that being thirteen pieces of content, and we would only put two of those out of thirteen with an image, and the rest would be, you know, status posts or videos or um, newsletters, that type of thing. Okay, cool. So that's a, a another reason to get on LinkedIn, as you don't have to go silly with your, your content and try to find all of that. You actually do have time to work on your business, not just purely on your content strategy. So I guess that brings us to tips and tricks and we're, of course, in this time at the moment in the chat GTP and AI and where does that all fit into LinkedIn and content strategies? Yeah, it's it, it's the it's the hot topic, isn't it? And uh, rightly so. Uh, and, and look, the, what I would say is I don't see there's anything wrong with using chat, you know, chat GPT or BARD or Whatever variety you want to do, yeah. Yeah, uh, we all say Chat GPT just because you know it's the one we all know, but there's there's a number of them, um, and so I don't see anything wrong with using those, um, and and we use them, uh, but how we use them is to come up with content ideas, you know. So we'll in, you know say to Chat GPT, look, I want to write, I want to write some content about this particular topic. Give me twenty subject matters around that. That particular piece of topic uh, content because uh, if you know anything about copywriting if uh, copywriters will tell you all day that you know the the, the time and effort and, and cost of copywriting is not in the writing it's in the research and the uh, coming up with the subject matter uh and so you know again obviously there was a lot of concern that you know copywriters would be wiped out of existence by chat gpt yeah. It's the best tool that was ever invented for high-level copywriters. I'm sure if you're just an entry-level, really basic kind of stuff, you might be in a bit of problem, have a bit of problems coming up, if not already. Uh, but for high-level content creation, it's great to just get the subject matter. 
and then you can use it to form you know say you know to to give you the starting the basis of a of a, a linkedin post and there's commands and things you can use like you say hey create me a 200 word you know so give it the size uh include three relevant hashtags these type of things it'll give you you know a rough draft it won't give you finished content uh, yeah. and, well, not in my opinion We've all seen, you can kind of... Oh, it's, yes. It's, you know, chat GPT has not been around that long, but it's been around long enough where we can kind of spot, you Pretty know, AI-written basic content these days. Yeah. So, you know, it should... And what it can't do, Kathy, it can't put like... And you mentioned it earlier, your content should be about your opinion and, and your point of view. So ChatGPT can't do that. It can give you the facts. It can give you... And to be honest, often Check the them. facts are wrong. Check them. <laughs> yeah, they're not always right. So, so, yeah, you can use it to just, you know, draft the first version of that. And then you you tidy that up um, and you know make it you know like you said you know your point of view on that 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 topic it's it's not just that uh, even worse you remember well it still happens now but less so um, you know, people just share someone else's content and like a link to a a blog article or whatever half the time wouldn't even put a reason that was just just the link is the you know that's not a content strategy uh, and it certainly doesn't position you with authority it positions whoever wrote the content so you don't want to be doing that uh so yeah chappy t is fine uh just use it for you know the research part and the you know the doing the heavy lifting and then you know you you format the rest of your posts um personally from there and and you'll be fine with it perfect so do you think there's anything else that we should be telling the audience about how to win with LinkedIn in 2023 that we haven't covered already? Look, I think the, the key thing is probably around what you should and shouldn't have on your profile and how you format that, uh, you know, that content. As you mentioned, there's the, there's the, the really important things of that background image and a personal image of yourself. Uh, I'd say around that, uh, that personal image, make sure it's reasonably up to date, you know, like <laughs> couple of years at least I'll, I'll give you I'll just give you a quick example of why uh, even for myself I mean obviously I have people contact me on LinkedIn all the time and uh, you know when I say we have face-to-face -face meeting in these days you and I we're having a face-to-face -face meeting right now yeah over it, Zoom <laughs> it can be on Zoom it could be in this particular case it was actually in a in a local coffee shop somewhere that someone lived in the same city that I'm in and and quite close to, to our office and nice so we said oh yeah hey let's yeah let's catch up and uh anyway I walked in looking for this person sort of in their 20s late 20s something like that uh the person recognized me because my my profile's quite recent uh I didn't recognize them at all because on, on, on without a lie the, the the profile image was 30 years out oh wow <clears throat> and I was like Oh, <laughs> and that's what happens is you know when when you have that that face to face meeting with those people, whether it's on LinkedIn or anywhere else, uh, sorry, Zoom or anywhere else, yeah. exactly what I just did then. You you just go you yeah, just, you pull back, you you yeah, get that disconnect. This, and what it is, it's a disconnect of trust. Yes. So you've broken this trust straight away. Yeah. So that's that's uh, I went off a little rabbit hole there, but uh, so really, what I mean by the rest of it, apart from those you know obvious standard things is you know in all the written form of your content most people write it all about themselves 
And it's understandable to a point because LinkedIn was originally, what well, still is, but its its original roots was in was in job search. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of like a, where you'd upload almost like a resume. So yeah, of course, it's all about yourself. But in this day and age, and in, if you're talking about using it for lead generation purposes, it's not about yourself. It's 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 about the outcomes that you can create, and and it's about your ideal client and the pain points that they have and how you solve those problems so the that section directly under your uh, profile image call your professional headline that's the thing where it's it's not all about me 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 that's which is how you see most of them uh, you know written you know it should all be about the outcomes that you if someone's going to work with you what's the outcome they're going to get that's what you should be putting there and if it's at all possible to put a timeline on that, now it's not always possible, or it could be that, you know, it, we've got people, you know, clients where an outcome they create for someone takes two years or something like that. So you wouldn't say, hey, in two years' time, we'll sort this problem for you. <laughs> but if you can say, hey, we do this in seven days, you know, 30 days or, say, maximum 90 days, um, be specific. Say we achieve this outcome in in within thirty days of working together. That that type of thing, because the reality is, you know, again we go back to hey, someone's going to check out your profile before they connect with you, uh, or they see your content. They want it. They go, oh, I understand. Yeah, look, I like this content. This person knows what they're talking about. I'm going to go and check out their profile. What they want to see is, you know, what's in it for them. It's yes, it's yes. all about them, not you or me. So so yeah, make sure it's written very much about your uh, the outcomes and and who the client your potential client is, and you know what's the what's the, the problem and solution that you have around that. Absolutely, and definitely the old way of writing it in the third person is definitely gone as well because you are telling them how you personally or your company. Um, can help with that solution. So, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Adam. If people would like to get in contact with you, obviously LinkedIn is the place, but where else do they go? Uh, Go to our website, Uh, prominence.global. Definitely find us there. But uh, LinkedIn, definitely, definitely the best place for sure. Fantastic. So I ask all of my guests five questions. Are you going? Yeah, I'm always up for a bit of show and tell. Excellent. What's the best advice given to you by a mentor? Oh, uh, I've I've got I've got a few mentors, uh, to be honest. But uh, and I I think everybody should 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 have one. Um, but the best advice I ever got, which is specifically around LinkedIn, was just be just be the real you. You don't have to be you know create this persona of 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 someone. Uh, just just be the authentic you. And I think that's even more relevant now, particularly with video and the fact that we do do face-to-face meetings in person or on Zoom, not to get that digital disconnect of, oh, you're somebody different. So, yeah, perfect. What is the biggest help you've received since starting your business? Oh, uh again you know um uh, very good um very good mentors um and i've actually had uh, a few businesses over the years this happens to be my obviously my my most uh current one uh but believe it or not the best advice i ever got was 
to reach out to your competitors and and ask them, you know, if, for for help. And I know that sounds weird, but uh, and I've done it uh, in pretty much every business I've ever had. And I actually have now some some of the, my my best friends own LinkedIn agencies in other parts of the world. Uh, and you know, and we interact with a lot of you know people that are starting out, and we're more than happy to, to help them out as well. So you'd be surprised how how much uh, you know competitors will. And and look, in this day and age of specialization, it's often that you know you might be kind of in the same space, but you you kind of a different niche. So clearly, I'm not talking about if you absolutely compete head to head for every client. Uh, but um, but yeah, look, talk to your competitors sometimes. And I think that's a good thing too, because sometimes with the ebbs and flow of work, is they can have overflow, and sometimes you can have overflow. Yeah, and absolutely. sometimes the best thing you can do for a client is actually pass them on to somebody else for you yeah. and them. So absolutely. perfect. What is the one thing you have to do every day? Your non-negotiable. Oh, one thing every single day. It's uh, I I do a um, uh, I have a believe it or not a breathing coach. So, so, so that's a bit weird. I'm sure you know how to breathe. Yeah, I do. But uh, I, I have a, a breathing ritual that I do every every morning uh, when I get up and uh, every evening before I go to bed. Yeah. Breathing coaches are actually not that uncommon, particularly no. for speakers and um, trainers and singers. So, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I dare say there's more people that you think would have breathing coaches. Maybe they don't admit to it. though. That's true. What is your favourite business book and why? My favourite business book and why? Well, taking out my own, of course. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pick someone else's. Um, but um, uh, Simon Sinek, Start With Why, it's probably, uh, I'd have to say I'd be very hard-pressed to narrow it down to just one, but definitely uh, very much resonate with, uh, you know, uh, the, the concept of you know people you know that they, they won't get into what you do until they know why you you do it so it's definitely a good book absolutely so did you want a second one just because that was so hard no no we'll just keep people on the, on the focus with one if you have to add number two it's it's uh, the LinkedIn playbook of course by Adam ah! <laughs> strange that um, what do you wish you had known when you started out oh uh yeah we we kind of all kind of learn learn from experience in in good ways and bad don't we but um uh i think if uh, if i'd known how much linkedin is going to constantly change <laughs> i don't think uh i ever was prepared for, i don't think anybody was ever prepared yeah. for that uh and also in in writing books so you know I've, I've actually got two books but they're both on their third editions and uh uh at the early days i actually had a a, a writing coach uh and uh andrew always said to me hey if you're going to write books about social media be prepared to keep writing them because they're going to go out of date very very quickly so yeah. hence why two books three editions each uh so uh but I think, yeah, the main thing is around, um, and I, you know what? I don't think it's just relevant to LinkedIn anymore. I think the world is just, we've got to be adaptable to change. Uh, the days of just kind of learning a craft and, and resting on your laurels on that for a very long time are over. It's a, you know, you've got to be staying current. Someone else is going to come in and do it better, faster, cheaper or, or whatever than you if you, if you don't keep up with the times. 
Absolutely. In our 200th episode, we asked our um, guests about how to future-proof their business, and that was one of the things that came up. If you don't innovate, you die. So yeah. whether you you innovate with something new or you modify what you're doing, you just can't stay the, the way you've been forever. And um, in my 22 years of experience, I've definitely noticed that marketing has changed quite considerably from when Absolutely. I started because there was no digital Definitely no websites and um, social media, so you'd have to keep coming with the times. So thank you very much, Adam. Really appreciate your knowledge, wisdom and time. Is there anything that you haven't covered that we should have? We've covered a lot today. It's, uh, I don't think so. Your five questions were good. It's, uh, that got me thinking. But uh, so no, I think, we've, I think we've, we've got it nailed. Perfect. And thank you very much. So SBT audience, remember, enjoy your journey. Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com.au forward slash downloads for all the show notes and links to this episode. Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action. And SBT community, enjoy your journey.